to A Murmur or Two, a Hellgate London podcast. I'm Fergus Halliday. And I'm Nicole Featherby. Um, I know what you're thinking. It's 2020. Why are we talking about Hellgate London, flagship studio's uh, failed attempt to revive the Diablo formula from modern, more civilized age uh, in these trying times? Um, and to be honest, I don't have an entirely clear answer for it. Um, but it, it for, for whatever reason... I do have a clear okay. answer for it. Jump in. Uh, so, so this book the, the that we're going to be reading, sure. uh, Exodus, the prologue takes place on Halloween. I did see. I, I have that in front of me right now, staring at my face. It's very confronting. The 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 invasion of of London via hell uh, by hell is going is going to happen on All Hallows Eve this year. So we need to be prepared. We do. We do need to be prepared. Um, so in all seriousness, just a bit of context, uh, this, this podcast is kind of a, a joke, question mark, that has really just escalated and spun out of control. Um, we are both fans, I'm gonna throw that word out there, of yeah. the video game Hellgate London, for whatever reason. We're, uh, we're as close as you can get to being fans of, of that game. Of this extremely weird niche thing that came out a decade ago? I think 2007? Yeah, over I'm a gonna decade, guess. Yeah. I think it's 2007. Um, it seems like a thing I really should have looked up before we started doing this Pro- podcast, probably. to be honest. Um, but the reason I didn't is that this podcast is and is not about Hellgate London, the video game. Uh, it is at, instead about the Hellgate London trilogy of books by Mel Odom, uh, published after and before? Yes. It must, it must the, have been after, right? The, the, the first book, I yeah. think, is before... Before Hellgate London came out, and then the second book is after. So you must, you just have to imagine. Uh, so you just have to imagine like the morale of writing those books must have been certainly uh, interesting. There, there's um, I don't know if the dedications are in the ebook version um, at the beginning. Ye- I don't think so. No. Okay, all right. We'll we'll revisit that when I get my physical copy of the first book back. Um, okay. Because I've got some stuff to say about that okay. as well. <laughs> Great. Um, so anyway, the video game came out in 2007. We worked out, correct? Yes, it came... So this is the, also the weird thing. It came out on October 31st, 2007. I remember that as being a marketing thing. Yes, it was. It, they definitely lent into the Halloween stuff. thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, this game came out. It was a critically divisive and commercial failure... Uh, of a game yeah um, um it's got on steam right now which is a weird metric because that's yeah. not the same game that came out yeah it says six out of ten from like the google aggregation yeah, that's, that's that's about right but uh for google users it says 93 percent liked this video game which i think mm. makes sense because the only people who are going to be searching the mm. words hellgate mm. london and are, see the thumbs up thumb down true. button are crazy people y- you like, and i yes i personally have clicked that button at least 87 times <laughs> you're gonna make new accounts um, for it but anyway so this podcast is not about the game instead um we're reading the three spin-off novels and then going to go through them partially out of uh, sheer curiosity on my part because i have not read the books before um but nicole has yeah so i i've read all three of them we're we're going to be reading them in order that I wouldn't necessarily recommend most people do. Um, <laughs> the Featherby Cut. Yeah, there's, there's, a fe- <laughs> there's a Featherby Cut of these books. If you do want to read along with us and, and read these books, um, that's great. Good on you. If, if you don't want to do that and you want to just read through all of these first and then listen to this podcast afterwards, 
Um, I recommend that you read the books in a different order. So you should read the second book first, then the first book, then the third book. Uh, it actually makes the story way better. And also the second book is much more enjoyable than the first one. So you'll be invested by the time you finish it. <laughs> so you'll be more committed to reading the first book. Um, I, so I guess I should probably go over a bit like how we know these books exist. Yeah, sure. Um, and sort of the context under which I originally read them. Um, so we went on a, a weekend trip once to Melbourne. And uh, a friend of ours spotted... Um, these books at uh, Minotaur, like the sort of the you know comic book and 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 you know like pop culturey bookstore mm. in Melbourne, um, and pointed it out to me, and we made a death pact in that moment, um, where I agreed I would buy it and read all of them. Well, I only knew there was one at the time. I agreed I would buy it and read it if our friend did too. Um, not knowing at the time that there were three books, because it didn't really say on the cover that it was the second book. Of the trilogy. Yeah, so I didn't know that. Uh, and then over the course of that what, weekend in Melbourne together, I read through that entire for the second book, and then got home and I was mad enough that I ordered the other two online and read through those. And to just close the loop on that, uh, our friend who made this pact with me has stolen the first book and never completed his end of the pack. Putting the challenge out there. Yeah, if you're, if you're listening to this... <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> one, give me back my book. <laughs> Two, finish the books. If, give me back my book is not a bad episode title. <laughs> so, of, of, of the many possible episode titles. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's sort of where the, the books kind of enter. Because I was, I was on that trip, obviously, as well. Uh, and I probably encouraged buying that book. Um, yeah, I think you probably, yeah. you saw our, our friend um, yeah. making fun of me about this book and you kind of just egged him on a bit, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm culpable to a degree yeah. for all of this, all of this. Um, no, I mean, so I will I will uh, temporarily put my, like, uh, jokey hat to the side and just say that Helga Leonard is, like, of all the many failures in video gaming history, Helga Leonard is, like, a really, really weird and interesting failure in that it, it obviously was a flop but um it also predicted like a lot of modern stuff that is just what modern triple a video gaming is it was it was like re kind of uh revolutionary at the time in that they were offering like an always online um content drip where they were constantly going to be adding new content and dlc through like a subscription sort of system um they were uh obviously it it came at a time where the loot shooterization of like all modern video games had not happened yeah, yeah uh and it was like so the concept of diablo but a shooter was like quite uh quite new and different yeah i don't even think borderlands had arrived on the scene no it hadn't, i think it yeah. was a year or two later yeah that um, was maybe 20 and it, it's so interesting to see a game like that that took the diablo formula and then tried to make it more shootery and then it completely failed but then only a few years later you have borderlands and destiny um, come out and popularize it and then even beyond just the loot shooter stuff just like assassin's creed is now a loot like a loot game <laughs> yes <laughs> like diablo um like it's it's slowly infected kind of everything and as for as much as hogan london was a complete flop uh like it it's it's so correctly predicted so much of what modern triple a video gaming looks like in a way that is kind of striking yeah um, it, it's almost it's like probably i would call it 
the most important failure of a video game. Like, I can't think of a game that ever was such a, an, like, a terrible failure commercially yeah. that has been, I, I think, probably very instrumental in a lot of design decisions that have been made since. I would say it is certainly, I would say it is definitely more uh, instrumental and in like, uh, what's it, uh, oh, um, not foreshadowing, but like definitely uh, prescient is the word I'm looking for, uh, yeah. than any of the Torchlight games, which the team who made this went on to make. Yeah. Uh, which is just a very other, whole other discussion there. Um, but yeah, so, so I do think it has an interesting place in like the canon of video games, if you want to call it that. Um, and then also personally, uh, I, it's, it's a game that as someone who really liked Diablo when it first came out, um, I would say that this is a game, which is like a, a building block of our friendship, Nicole. Yes. Yeah. yeah I, would, I would absolutely. visit your house and we would play a bunch of it together. Right. And I would like try and run it on my shitty laptop. Uh, and you would be running it on your actual good gaming PC next to me. And I'd be like, Oh, it looks so much better on your PC. <laughs> uh, you actually get to see the physics without the, yeah, the, the f- yeah. FPS tank. I'm having a real moment though, because I've been, I've been messing with the current version of the game on uh, steam, which is entirely single player. We could have co-opted, right? Did we co-op? No. Was no, that even possible? No, you couldn't. So the game did have multiplayer. Yeah. But you needed... I think you needed a subscription. Subscription to play multiplayer. Yeah, and it wasn't the game. The The multiplayer wasn't the, the campaign. The multiplayer was this separate thing called mm. Stonehenge uh, that was like a like an instanced... You walk oh. around like... Uh, it was Actually, you know... Yeah. So, you know destiny yes it was like you wandered around like a town like sure. destiny uh, the citadel yeah it's and citadel. Uh, the tower yeah. yeah and you wandered around the tower yeah. and you would find some people and then you would go fucking explore some weird yeah. dungeon yeah yeah um, i just think remember us playing it together but it must have been us playing it in parallel i'm pretty sure so that's was, the case that what that was because i right? I, I, um, I do not think the multiplayer worked that way yeah which um, is weird it is also very strange yeah. uh but it's like um it's just it's just i have such such vivid memories of playing this game even though i have completely forgotten all of the story beats um all that which is going to make these books so much better i'm certain um uh so i've forgotten so much about it but it's just such a i have such a vivid memory and even though the game itself is not that good um it's just a in these trying pandemic times it's like a very fun comfort food to go back and play yeah yeah um i i also i did pick it up a little hmm. bit and so i'm not playing the weird version on steam oh. right now i'm actually because i still have you my, have the disc i have can... the disc oh, wow so i've been playing like original hellgate london which mm. doesn't really exist anymore yeah and uh it's it's fine i don't know yeah it's <laughs> like, every, i i agree yeah it's I, weird because because um, like i play it and because so i i don't know we, we sh- like if we're going to spend as much time talking about the game we should probably sure. explain a bit of what it sure. is so like it's the it, future it is the future is it it, yes it is yes it is yeah. it's like 2040 or something yeah right? we, it, we were talking about it, this before yeah it's like some yeah. some like 18 20 years from now um and it's class-based in the way that you know a diablo would be and but the classes there's two for each faction so there's so there's the, three factions right yeah so so, so there there are giant portals to hell they yep. open up demons invade society collapses it's the apocalypse bad times bad vibes all around mm-hmm. uh there then in the ruins of london there are three groups trying to like fight to push back the demons and keep humans alive yeah that's the vague yes let's set up there's the templars who are the secret society 
from the Da Vinci Code, as we all know. Yeah. As we all read. The Knights <laughs> Templar uh, have survived, and they have, like, mecha armor. And that's, like, they're kind of kind of the thing, is they have, like, mecha armor and also holy blessings and magic and they're, stuff. They're kind of space marines. They're kind of, yeah, very space marine energy, definitely. Um, and they, they stomp, they, like, stomp around in their big armor and are, like, being, being the good guys. They're the good guys, right? They're, of all of the factions, they are the most... <laughs> kind of conventional i would say in terms of morale as you get through it like there are there's like kind of a power struggle within like Mm -hmm. the templar organization and they're they're very conservative is the thing is that they're very very like old-fashioned um they are still like hey we're here to fucking fight some demons yeah which they're knights in shining armor that's the that's the fantasy yeah yeah Yeah. exactly um so you've got them then the, there are two classes there. I believe there's a Guardian and a Blade Master. Yes. Um, the Blade Master is more aggressive. The Guardian is more defensive. They sort of fit into like a brawler and like a tank sort of archetypes yeah. in terms of like the, the video game RPG. Yeah, Blade Master is like s- supposed to use two swords and the Guardian's supposed to use a, a sword, sword and a shield. shield. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so then you have the second faction, which is the Cabal, or is the Cabalists? No, it's uh, it's the Cabalists. Yeah, the Cabalists, who are sort of mysticist, sort of um, witch people. Yeah. Uh, who transform, who take on uh, demonic characteristics as they use the demon's magics against them. Yeah, they like implant like demon horns into their own heads and Cause stuff. Because they're sick. Yeah, exactly. They're, <laughs> the, they're the queers of this game. <laughs> Alright, alright. Um... um I can't recall the classes for that one because I feel like I I There's would roll the other class the before I would do the invoker. Class. Yeah, and, and the summoner, right? The summoner. So yeah. the invoker is more focused on like shooting things with magical guns. Yep. And then the summoner gets Summons like stuff, little friends, little demon friends, like the um. You get like it? familiars. Yeah, similar to like something like the necromancer or the witch doctor in um. In yeah. Yellow, right. Yeah. 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 Um. Then lastly, you have the am I, I may remember probably is they called the Marksmans? Is that no, just it? No, no. So that's Marksman is a class. that's a class. I can't remember the name of their faction I feel either. Like, oh, again, this is just something we should have googled beforehand. But I like that we're just rolling with it. The the I've checked the wiki for Hellgate on that's the way impossible. here. It's not. It, it's not actually. It's not very well filled out. Okay. Well, so, that's, the wiki has has let us down. It's failed instance. us. Maybe we should have checked Giant Bomb. Maybe a review or something has it. But um. So there's the the third faction whose whose name they're like lost to time. They're ex military. They're people. like yeah, ex military mercenaries. Um, yeah. And obviously we have one of them is marksman who's like a like a snipery character. Or they like, like gunslinger, right? They they're just somebody who shoots people. Yeah. Like they do. You can get sniper abilities with them, and they do have a sniper rifle. But yeah. like they're fine to use. Like they're mm. like bolt pistols. Yeah. And I feel like, like I feel like that's rifles. what it was. No, the other one was like a so so this is a marksman, and then there's the and engine. Then the, the engineer who has gadgets and like tech stuff yeah so they're kind of yeah. almost exactly the same as the summoner yeah is they have ranged weapons and also they little can summon friends. little robot, little robot friends. friends yeah like, and this is before commercially available drones so yes. it's just really prescient and all <laughs> <laughs> uh, they definitely have a license uh yeah and they're allowed to fly their drones uh in the tunnels of london uh the yeah no so that's that's like the setup you have three factions to choose from you create a character and then you're loaded in and you're sort of pulled through this adventure to try and help the survivors uh push turn the turn the tide against the demons right yes and Um, and and a lot of the game doesn't actually make sense 
I'm slowly discovering that as I return to it. Yeah, and you're playing the weird version of it, but I even am playing like, the weird version, which is, which is a whole other discussion for another time, yeah. I think. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, the the story is not very well told. I will say that. Oh no, they're not. They're not great, <laughs> and um, I'm, I'm coming to it from the book, so <laughs> it's uh. It's it's certainly a video game. Yes. Which is a phrase I will return to yeah. as we go through this book. Absolutely. Um but I believe that's that's the basic so that's the basic setup for the game. Is you create a character and you go through the story and there are char- there are certainly characters and plot beats that happen. Yeah. Um it is an action RPG though, so you're mostly going between sort of hub locations and then doing quests and then advancing the story and going to a new hub location and doing more quests and finding bosses and getting better and better loot. Yep. Um which as you may know Sounds a lot like most video games today. But um, <laughs> the books are slightly different in that they are set uh, 18 years before the events of Hellgate London. Yes. Uh, and they deal very much, at least the first one from what I've read of it, uh, they deal with the immediate ramifications and like impacts of this national... Uh, yeah. Of this like extinction event, right? Yeah. Um, things are, are like much less dire in the books. Like things are bad mm. as we'll get to but yeah. like there is still a government and mm. like there are other countries as well there are other countries i i mean we don't really you never really know what's happened elsewhere in the world mm. through playing the actual mm. game but yeah like the, the everyone else is fine yeah at well, the, the outset of this book well that was the thing that surprised me right it was because it's 18 years before i actually didn't think that Hellgate London was set 18 years after the collapse of society. I thought it was like maybe like eight to ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of weird in that way because like oh. when you start that game and you play play as your character, you're just in an alleyway somewhere, and you're yeah. like, "Who the fuck am I? Yeah, why have I only just now started fighting? Yeah, it doesn't really make any sense." So yeah, it, it the books probably this time period would make way more sense for a video game, mm. like now, but um yeah so i mean that's that's definitely the the background um so i believe we're gonna take a a break in a minute yeah uh and then we're gonna jump into the first 100 pages of exodus by mel autumn (laughs) the first book in the hellgate london trilogy um but if you're if you're reading along you kind of want to read the first 100 or so pages i believe we said to the end of chapter 11 uh, I thought up to or the up beginning. To, up to chapter 11. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the end of chapter 10 is where we're stopping. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, and then come back and listen to the second half of this episode for more of our delightful insights into this wonderful book. demon sped out of the darkness without a sound until it was almost on top of its prey. Then it screamed, a blood-curdling, high-pitched shrill of terror. Welcome back. This is uh, the first episode of A Murmur or Two, a Hellgate London podcast, uh, where we read through the Hellgate London trilogy of books, which were a spin-off to the video game. Look, if you're here, you somehow made it through the first half of the show where we sort of explained what was going on while we're doing this. Um, and so... We appreciate you being here. Yeah, thanks. Um, look, there are many things you could be doing with your your pandemic time, and you've somehow chosen to listen to this, which is it is what it is. But we appreciate it. We're not here to judge. <laughs> um, but we are here to judge this book. Um, and the way we're going to do that is we're going to sort of go through chapter by chapter what's happening, 
Um, I would say uh, the the vibe that I'm looking to try and evoke is sort of similar to when you're doing a recap of a TV show, for sure. example, right? You're just going through scene by scene. What's happening is important, and uh, do we have any thoughts or notes, I guess? Notes is the word, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, so before we get to the first chapter, we have the prologue. Um, and the prologue is, is, is interesting, I would say. Um, the, the, the short version is the prologue is essentially following Thomas Cross, um, who is one of the Templars we mentioned before, as he fights a bunch of demons and then dies valiantly, uh, in the shadow of St. Paul's Cathedral. Uh, my, my, like internal name for this particular chapter is sure. hey it's the thing from the video game yeah because we're gonna get there we're it, gonna get there yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah no this chapter is so i i the vibe i've gotten from the book so far being 100 pages in is it is it is very much early 2000s big blockbuster movie adaptation of hellgate london the property yeah um and this <laughs> chapter is a great example of that because it's all about recycling the imagery of, like, the Templars and the Kabbalists and the demons and how London being a ruin and you're fighting near an iconic landmark. It's very much recycling all of that, right? Yeah. Um, and it, it, I, I was surprised slightly into how quickly it, it throws stuff about the Templars at you and then, and then kind of, like, steps back from that going forward, which we will, which we will get to, um... I have a few highlights here. The heads-up display inside Thomas's helmet. I'm like, oh, it's like a video game. It's like the UI from uh, the video game. My favorite part about <laughs> that is that if you if you've got that, it, it actually says heads-up display and then parentheses HUD. HUD. Just yeah. you know, just just in case you didn't know what that meant. Yeah. Because um, uh, sure, surely you've heard the acronym, but n- maybe just, not the full thing. Just to just to you know make sure you know. You're yeah. Know. Now you know. Um, other note here I have is is there's like a real melodramatic streak to this particular chapter, yeah. uh, especially which is the computer's voice uh, in the HUD uh, was of Thomas's father. The voice was the most calm Thomas had ever heard. It's just like a oh, doing so much heavy lifting there. Like whoa, we're never gonna see this character. We're never again. gonna see this character so, again. But now I'm you're invested. I mean, I'm invested, but also. This is this chapter is a great great example of this, but this book it might be about you know humans fighting demons for survival, but really it's about family. It, oh man, <laughs> and and this this chapter throws that at you right up front, right? It, it really really wants you to know that this that this book has themes. Yeah, that themes. there are things that are happening. There are themes. Um. So Thomas fights a, a demon, a blood angel, which you may remember from the video from game. The video from game. the video it game, it capitalizes blood and angel, yeah. so that you know it's from the video game. I thought I thought it was from Warhammer for a hot minute, but then I remembered it was from the video game. <laughs> uh, there's a good line here as well where he crafts a negotiator, which is like a gun or a tool. Right? It's a sword, um, and it is the name of a sword in that you can get game. in the video yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, uh, just. We mentioned this before, but yes, this is taking place on Halloween 2020. This particular like yes. chapter. This particular chapter. This yes. is this is the night um, of the initial the invasion. Initial yeah. Uh, the arcane alloy of palladium yep. from the video from game. The video game, which you is, may recall, you, you were collecting that as a currency. Well, I want to give I want to give them points here. They didn't just name drop it. They they talk about crafting. That's in the video game. That's a thing you do. Yeah, you do actually. Yeah, like they they use the words to mean things. Yeah, I love it when. Words mean things. 
Um, uh, he finds another Templar. The Templar like saves him from a thing and then just dies. And yeah. it's like, oh, the tragedy, truly. Um, they I'm, do a cool thing where he touches his this other Templar's suit and he, they like trade medical information. Yes. It's like checking if he's a like a yeah, heart donor yeah. or something. Yeah, or, yeah. Um, the this chapter also introduces one of my favorite sub threads of this book so far, mm-hmm. which is the line. There was some conjecture that they didn't come from the same world, implying that, like, so my favorite thing really in the book so far is the the tension between do we not just call them aliens? <laughs> Because they're like, all these different demons are from other other worlds and they've invaded and like we're obviously, you know, evoking demons and hell and like this supernatural iconography. But they, aren't they really just interdimensional aliens? Yeah, like it they're just big aliens. They're, they're just and and like it does it does say that you know all of these different aliens they are so morphologically different. Like there are these flying ones, these ones with big claws. Mm-hmm. Like they all are just very 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 different. And yeah, I. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, also, um, we get some more name drops of things from Spike the video Bolter. game. We get Spike Bolter from the video game, which is a like a a giant. Like, it's like a hand minigun. It's like it's like if a pistol was a minigun, mm-hmm. um, and that the that's the 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 ranged weapon that mm. the Templars get to use in the video game. Um, the other weird thing that I found because they also mention so they mention a cu- another couple of uh, of monsters that yes. are there. Yeah. So they mention um, uh, carnivores, mm-hmm. and the, my favorite line about this is it says. Thomas knew about carnivores. <laughs> it's like he he read the game guide before coming out I here. I mean, he did though. <laughs> like he did though, um, which which comes up again. Yeah, it does. Um, yeah. I have a similar line I would like to highlight here, which is about stalkers, uh, where it says, "Although many in number, they worked with single-minded purpose." Now, and I had this moment. Where I was like, "Are they are they introducing the idea that the demons are a hive mind?" <laughs> I. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's... It's... I mean, like, I get it. You're, like, describing them like a pack of wolves. They're working with coats. Yeah, I get it. But also, like, there's so much we don't know. Um, and based on my experiences with the game, they could be, like, a hive mind organism. I guess, like, it's... A, there are less crazy parts of it. I guess, yeah. Mm. It, it, and it, I think probably the strange thing about this opening mm. is that it, it does... Mm. Well, it does mention that sort of stuff. It, it does kind of... It portrays all of these demons as quite animalistic yes um which matches with the way that they fight in the game but also like it's hell you know that there's like supernatural forces Mm -hmm. at work here like actual intelligent forces and so it's kind of strange to me the way that it just goes oh all these weird beast things and no real like sense of like there's a greater evil at Mm. work here it doesn't seed anything like that here which is very strange. Um, I mean, like, I think part of that uh, ties into a, a, another larger sort of thing in these books, which is it's so, so deeply, like, um, uh, colonialist and, like, patriarchy, like, in, in the way it's he's, like, Thomas Cross is, like, this great man. Yeah. Uh, who's defined by his, like, martial skill, but even... You know, you know it's bad because even he cannot hold back the tide of the barber of the barbarians. Yeah, uh, he's he's like the seraphim of House Rourke. Oh, yeah, and, 
Um, we meet Kathleen. Kathleen dies. Kathleen um, also dies, yes. Kathleen is a Kabbalist, correct? Or is she a... No, I think she's another Templar. She's another Templar. She's Kath- got... There's Kabbalists later. Yeah. There's a brief encounter with Yeah, Kabbalists, like they're, right? they're just kind of running around, I think. Um... Uh, no. Oh, there's a mention of Kabbalists here. Okay. Um, Kira Schuyler. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kira. Yeah. Kira Schuyler, who they mentioned has sick horns. She... She does have sick horns. She does have sick horns. Um, but yeah, no. So we meet Kathleen, a female, female Templar, because women can be Templars too. Yeah. And then she dies because... Because this is a video game This book. is a video game plot. Um, and also she's not a strong man like Thomas. Yeah. And Thomas her, Thomas is strong. Truly. Um, her, her death is the... The, the other weird thing with this part, like, yeah. it, I, we're going to be talking about... <laughs> it's going to th- come this, up again. This game's representation of women a lot, I feel like. But like she, she's like so happy to see Thomas because he's just this great man, yeah. whatever, and yeah. he doesn't fucking know who nope. she is nope. at all. Yeah. Like, like as soon as he mentions his name, she's like, oh, "I you. know who you I are," you. and he's just like, yeah. "I don't. You're Kathleen, I guess." Yep. I, fuck. Like, yep. d- yeah. Yep. Um. There's a. There's another. Another demon. A shuggle. Uh. Yeah. Yes. That one up, and those are the one there. There's lots of statues of those. Whenever you go inside a Hellgate mm. in the game, um, they have like a big crab claw on one yeah. arm and then a tiny yeah. stunted arm on the other. Yeah, which it's weird because you don't actually see very many of those at all in the game, like yeah. ever. Yeah. I think you see like two. Yeah, um, and then uh, then uh, Thomas dies. Wait, twist. He's not the main character of this book. <laughs> Um, no, I mean, like, there's a, there's a, it's very much foreshadowed that he's gonna die. There's, like, a, a letter he's written to his son that the chapter keeps cha- cutting back between. Yeah. Um, and he dies slaying, slaying monsters because he's a hero, and that's how heroes do it. Yeah. Um. You, you've covered kind of most of my points for this chapter, sure. I think. But sure. the one thing I wanted to bring up was, it does mention Patrick Summerisle, I think, like, it does. three times. Yes, yes. Uh, so he is a character in the game. He is, like, yeah. an actual NPC that... Yeah. Um, is like the head of the Templar, and you speak to him like a few times. I, I don't remember what he's like. I think he's supposed to look like Patrick Stewart in the oh, game, because right. the game does a lot of like weird referency shit. Um, so I think, yeah, that th- th- there's another. Hey, check it out! It's the thing from the game mm. again. There. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. Um, and then. Uh... And then Tom dies, and he thinks of his son as he dies, which which brings a smash cut to South Africa, Cape Town. Is it Cape Town, or is it just? Uh, it says, it Cape says outside Cape Town. Outside Cape Town, not yeah. in Cape Town. No. Um, but yeah. So before we jump into the first chapter, yeah. I do just want to like note the thing that is interesting, kind of about that, uh, the prologue, is it is very much like the. It, it obviously is the hey the video game thing, but it's giving you all of that imagery and and all of that. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and it's like giving you the thing you want when you're like, oh man, I love Hellgate London. I want to read the Hellgate London books. You're like, oh, it's giving it to me. And then smash cut, pull away. And it's like, it's giving you that taste to be like, nah, this is coming later. Uh, just look, for, you, this is what you got to look forward to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because then it smash cuts to South Africa and we are in a completely different environment. There's, There's no demons. No. It's all very, it's all relatively grounded. Yeah. Um, so we meet Simon Cross, uh, the son of Thomas Cross, the son of Tom- Thomas Cross, who is mentioned in his like obituary sort of letter thing. Yep. Um, uh, he has a hangover. 
does. He's like a tour guide, he, right? He, he's like a safari guide. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he, him and uh, this other woman, Sandra. 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 With uh, AU. With <laughs> AU are, are tour guides who sort of take tourists on safari trips around um, the South Africa. South Africa. Um, uh, Sandra and Simon are friends with benefits. Or yeah, are they, or are they actually in a relationship? It's no, like, they're not. They're yeah, not. It's, um, it's written as friends of benefits, right? That's yeah, the, that's yeah, the that's setup. it's pretty specific about that. Yeah. Um, um, there's so I I called my my name for this chapter is is time to introduce a woman. Yes. Um, yes. because we need one that doesn't die immediately now. Ooh, ooh. Uh, <laughs> we'll see how we go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> see how we go on that front. Um, uh, but yeah, so we meet them. They're 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 taking a tr- a bunch of uh, tourists around a safari trip, uh, and then they hear gunshots. Right, um, and Simon, being the man, must go investigate. Absolutely. While Sandra stays behind. Yeah, needs to take care yeah, of yeah, their yeah. charges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah naturally. Um, I I like there's a there's a good little like touch in this where like it's just it it mentions Simon putting on his pants. Like and I just picture him just like struggling to like pull them up <laughs> in this tiny tent. Yeah, it's going fuck, fuck, fuck. Yep, yep. Um, but throughout the the gunshots, we get a lot of like inner monologue from Simon, where we learn that he was basically raised to be a Templar warrior, Ooh. and then was like, "Nah, Dad, not not that ain't me," and ran away. Yep. Um, and was a rebellious teen, it's, and he yeah. didn't talk to his dad. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, like they're not on good terms. On good like, terms. like this is like extremely like, like you need some sort of like reason for him to not want to not be in London, but also have a connection there yeah. that's kind of tenuous. Yeah, and and a estranged father is what our friend Mel rolled on the table. I, I do I do also, and I have I I look I I want to I want table. I haven't actually looked into this. I am extremely curious as to whether Mel um, lived in South Africa at any point. I very much doubt it. But you sort of have this, like, you would hope, um, and you would doubt it from from certain things in the way that this whole plotline's written. Yeah. Um, but it is just, like, it's such an interesting location. Like, why? Why Cape Town? Yeah. Right? Like, why not anywhere else anywhere else right why not even australia yes yeah right? so because right. as we'll get to like sandra is from, from australia, australia so like from yeah we have these two like expats like just like randomly in this country yeah. giving yeah. fucking like safari advice um like, there's obviously obviously to be clear there's no people of color in this plot line um uh, there are no, there are no locals. I'm pretty sure there's basically no locals. No, yeah, you're right. They go to an expat bar at yes. a later point. Yes. Um, and the the poachers who, which is the the source of the gunshots that Thomas, Thomas goes to investigate, they are uh, like German. They're like European, like ivory hunters. Uh, uh they could be. I feel. I also... feel like someone, someone has like the leader has like a German accent. They might they also do... be speaking Dutch. He says at one oh, point, okay. which is a yeah, thing but, like, that but... people do okay. speak in Africa. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But because of the Dutch occupation of ah, Africa, so okay. that they may actually they... be locals. So maybe the only local <laughs> representation that we have of characters is in evil this poachers. is bad people. <laughs> which again, just. It's just like, look, there are lots of parts that I don't know if I would necessarily receive them well, but in this year of our Lord 2020, 
Um, this whole plotline is very like tugs at collar, like uh, uh. <laughs> it's very like exoticism of Africa as like a continent, and again. Uh, plays into this larger thing that the the book has around like uh, patriarchal figures, where it's like this untamed wilderness that that Thomas that not Thomas that Simon. How could I get like, confused? Uh, can like use to prove that he's a man. Yeah, yeah and, it, and right? it's very very strange as well because like <laughs> there are direct parallels being drawn here between the dangerous world of London amidst a demonic invasion versus like everyday life in in, in, the, in the wilderness yeah, of south africa exactly and it's like <laughs> ah yes invading demons is the exact same thing as africa <laughs> um yeah so um we get a lot of mo- in our monologue and basically we learn uh that he simon knows about demons but it was like that's not real and ran away um but yeah. he was trained and has all these skills um so he is he liam neeson's his way through the jungle yep um, and he finds a bunch of uh, dead elephants that the poachers have killed and are like cutting cutting apart for ivory. Um, and then I I don't he doesn't shoot at them. He just like retreats at that point, right? He so he just kind of he stays there and yeah. kind of surveils keeps an eye on them. Yeah, yeah to, so that Sandra can get away. Yeah. Um. She doesn't. No. Because woman. Well, yeah, yes, because this, yeah. <laughs> um, so then he ba- he backtracks. He he fights an animal, right? He yeah. just like fight slays a boar so, to sh- so that the book can prove that he's a he's a serious man. Yeah, this with serious is skills. Kind of a bit, a bit all over the place here. <laughs> I mean, I think it's meant to kind of echo the Shelgoth or um, the Car- Carnivore, right? Yes, because he, he fights chapter, it in right? a very similar way yeah. to his dad fights the Carnivore. Which, which again, we're it's a buffalo. Sorry, yes, it's um, a buffalo that's uh, um, that is angered by the poachers. A more inexperienced poacher fires upon the buffalo and angers it, and all of the the other poachers who have you know taken this guy on are really really pissed off at him mm. uh, and mm. then they kind of run away yeah which is i think probably why they end up catching up with our, our other yes. characters yes. um sorry i've got a small detail here uh so he um yeah so the 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 buffalo runs off and then simon goes after the buffalo that's yes. the end of chapter one yes that's yeah. the end of chapter he's, one. he's he's worried that it's gonna go and and get infected and feel bad. So he's, I, again, he's the, gonna, motiva- the, the motivation here for this is flimsy at best. Yeah, like <laughs> it's gonna die eventually. It's fine. <laughs> like, you just leave it alone. No, but an honorable death. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. Good. Yeah. Yes. That's that's just how much of like a man he is. Is he not only is he willing to fight valiantly to secure his own noble death, he's willing to help other oh, yeah. symbols of masculinity <laughs> uh, achieve their you know achieve their own release. Um, <laughs> Do you have any other points for this first chapter? I ha- like literally. I have one point for yeah. this chapter. Okay, it's the only point that I've written down. Oh, so the end of chapter one was still on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, go. chapter one. Yeah. All I have written down is misspelt Sydney. They did. Yes, uh, Sandra is from Sydney, Australia. S I D N E Y. Yeah. Which, as people who live in Sydney, Australia, is that's not how you spell <laughs> Sydney, and it's very funny because I like even in two thousand and seven. Google existed. That's not hard. Yeah, yeah. that isn't. And it's it's even like it's not even a like people like you know maybe maybe misspell Melbourne or Adelaide or like somewhere right. But sure, like I don't think it would have been that hard to read. Yeah, you could you could forget the (laughs) e at the end of like Adelaide or something. You know, like like, I could see that happening. Or like even if you went weirder, right? If you um did like 
Wollamaroo or like some yeah. Some that, then you would name. actually look it up because it's like a weirder yeah. sounding name. Yeah. yeah. I, or just make something up. You shouldn't make anything up. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. I, it's 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 for me that is this that is kind of a really important line in uh, your experience of reading these books um, because it, it doesn't happen too often in this first book. Um, but just foreshadowing a little bit, the spelling, the grammar, and the vocabulary get drastically worse as we go on oh, oh no like like there are legitimate like vocabulary errors in this book where yeah. mel uses a word to mean something that it doesn't that like it just straight up doesn't mean sick and it makes the sentence not make any sense at all so we're gonna be getting more more of this Can't uh, wait great technical yeah. writing um uh I mean, like, so I just want to say, I, I don't want, I don't want this podcast to just be us dunking on Mel Autumn's writing no. from ten years ago. If she wants to come on the podcast, that would be great. But um, I think, I think it's a dude. What? Yeah, I think Mel Odom's a dude. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Mel Odom, uh, I'm sorry for misgendering you. He's he's known for his science fiction and fantasy novels set in existing properties. That well, okay. Now he's now he sounds like he sounds like he's uh you know a writer for hire. Maybe I'm getting confused. Maybe there's a different Mel Odom. So, there are multiple Mel Odoms. I remember at the time reading in the book that he was like an English okay. professor at Oxford. But it okay. says here he lives in Moore, Oklahoma with his wife and five children. And that's all it says about his personal life. Maybe I was wrong about that, but I swear that that's true. I don't know. We'll find we I'll find out. Yeah, um, but it's just important. Like, I, I want us to give our honest feedback to what we're feeling as we're reading through it. Yeah. But also, I don't necessarily want it to be uh, to be seen as we're just like, like dogpiling on this one person. Yeah, for a not... thing that they wrote probably for the money. Yeah. like <laughs> ten years ago, right? Like, good on you, dude. Get paid. Get paid. Like, fucking I'm on go beyond. for it. Um, I, also, yeah. I so this chapter is like. I kind of want to like talk about like what the style of this novel novel is at this point. And to me, the thing that I think describes where we're at right now is what if you read a Matthew Riley novel that was bad? <laughs> right. I think that, that <laughs> is like, generous. Like, just like right off, like right after something yeah. you don't want to just spend time ripping on yeah. this. Like that's kind of the vibe. Airport that I get. fiction. Yeah. Because Even, right. Like the reason I say that is because one of the things that like Matthew Riley does a lot is uses the proper names for things repeatedly so like in a lot of his books he'll like tell you the exact model of a gun that somebody's using over and over again like in the video game yeah like in the, and and <laughs> so we get like yeah. specific names of weapons that people use in this as yeah. well um it describes later on like like dagger the type of dagger being used yeah. in pretty good detail yeah, i could see that and so i think that's kind of the vibe that i get especially mm. from this because they're in africa and that feels like a very like weird like cold open matthew riley thing to happen yeah i mean the cold open thing again uh, contributes to my theory that if you if you the early 2000s early to mid 2000s did a video like a blockbuster adaption of hellgate london this is what the movie would be yeah is yeah. that they would they would have that big that big special effects sequence at the start and then they would smash cut to africa to save money yeah um and like have a whole plot line there and then it would end with uh, in a very un un uh, unfulfilling way with a big cliffhanger yep. for franchise setup, which I'm sure is not what this book will do. No, not to at me. all. Yeah. No. Um, but moving on, chapter two. Chapter two. Um, 
Simon follows the buffalo. Yep. Uh, he says the wounds never heal properly in the wild. Infection would settle in around the bullet and turn gangrenous. He focused on the fact that it would have a hard death ahead of it if he didn't kill it. Um, which, again, is, is the thing that it is. Uh, and also, it's probably the most attention that this book uh, to date really actually cares about, like, the physical impacts of violence and what the implications of, like, wounds are. Yes, yeah. And it just, like, never comes up again as more violent action occurs. No, yeah. Like, this is kind of the only really time that there's any sort of consequences to anybody's action. <laughs> to any violence. And yeah. it is, of course, a noble noble animal. Yeah. Um, yeah. And But I think the other weird thing is that he's he does actually smile at one point here where he's like, yeah. hell yeah, I get to do some hunting. Yeah, it's true. And true. it's it, it's very incongruous. Like, ah, yes, I can't wait to hunt down this animal. And also... Put it out of his misery. Man, as I, my yeah. duty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. yeah, I'm with you. It's, it's again, it, well, it is what it is. Uh, and then um, uh, we have this incredible detail that I've highlighted here where we find out that Simon, in his use, was a skateboard champ. Yes. Which rules. And also we have this incredible detail that... In this universe, hoverboards exist. Yes, with liquid balance <laughs> technology. <laughs> the, the Knights Templar made real hoverboards. It's fucking intercapped. Incredible. It just... Incredible detail. Um, oh my god. We get a bit more in a monologue, which is about Simon. Uh, I will say that that wasn't from the game. This is one of the things where... original the, and... Yeah, this, like, is, this is why new. Why is this here? <laughs> <laughs> um... I, you know, yeah. I, I'll explain to that when you when you get a bit further. He hunts the he hunts this. I said monster, the buffalo. Yeah. Uh, the wounded buffalo, and then has like lost reflections about his relationship with his father, which yeah. will, of course will you know is dramatic irony in its finest. Though, oh yeah. As as we know, as the reader, that Thomas is dead, and that their their frayed relationship will never mend. <laughs> um, uh, Fuck. Yeah, so he has this big elaborate fight with the buffalo. Yeah. Um, it, it is what it is. It's, and, and yeah, um, it is, as, as, as we said, described very similarly to the fight with the Carnivore. Like, yeah. Like he rides it at one point, he yeah, gets it's, it's the same with the same it's, Like, it's just. It's, which, look, I mean, it, it's kind of boring to read. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, this chapter uh, But at the same time, it's so obvious what it is doing. Yeah. Uh, that I can't be that mad at it. I'm like, look, it is what it's meant to be. Like, oh, you're like, he's, he's like, his, he's the shadow of his father. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so then, uh, during the fight, his radio breaks, which is important vaguely for plot reasons. Yes. So he can't contact Sandra, and then he backtracks back to the campsite, uh, and it's in ruins, because Poachers found the, the people. Yep. They found the tourists and Sandra. Um, duh, 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 he's, like, weighing up the possibility of, like, whether... The poachers left them alive or killed them because poaching is serious, serious business. Yep. Um, then uh, he follows their trail, finds two of the tourists, Dalton and Carrie, who are who have been like executed and their bodies are being eaten by scavengers. Yeah, they're, like their all their parts have been moved around the place. Yeah, again, for a minute, for a minute here, I actually wonder if they were going to have like demons show up and that would like be the yeah that's the thing that that's pretty through. reasonable. Um, that, that would make this chapter make a bit more sense. Instead, it's just more like weird racialized imagery around like the depiction of Africa as like equivalent to a demon invasion. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Is the yeah. thing it is 
Um, we jump over to Sandra's perspective for a little bit. Yes. Um, she's like trying to, she's like sort of trying to calm the tourists in the group, but like kind of doesn't give that much of a shit, which no. is fair. Yeah. We, we actually, <laughs> we get the internal monologue yeah. of a woman in this chapter, um, which I, what's yeah. your, what's your code name for this chapter? Uh, it's, uh, so it's called Simon Cross is cool. Yes. Cause that's, he rides skateboards, he kills Buffalo. He, what more do you need to know? Yeah. He, like there's yeah, yeah, yeah this entire chapter is just devoted to setting up that Simon Cross is a cool dude. Um and and of course Sandra is, uh, it feels it feels so like just like so dumb to say it, but, um Kathleen we met she immediately died yeah uh, Sandra we meet immediately like kidnapped kidnapped yeah um this this trend will continue yep um oh yeah but uh but yeah that that is the thing it is I guess. Uh, so the, the, uh, poachers have them, like, tied up, and they, like, set, set a camp. Yep. Um, and then there's lots of references to, like, specific guns, a bolt action, uh, 375, Weatherby Magnum. Yeah. Uh, and then Simon just, like, comes in and just murders them. He does, like, just, like, some real... Yeah. Uh, like, some real Sekiro action. Just yes. comes in and, like, guts people. Just... So, yeah, because um, he, he, he puts aside that gun going, I'm not going to be able to kill them all, like, without If I start a note. gunfight, so I'm going to sneak up and pick them off one by one. Yeah, with these weird punch daggers that I just keep in my fucking backpack. <laughs> For whatever reason. Um, and then, so... Yeah, so he basically just goes in and murders them. Um, we overhear the poachers talking about aliens invading from another world. Yep. Again, invoking my my theory that the demons are actually just aliens <laughs> and that we've we've just misinterpreted it. The whole yeah. Um, yeah. it's like the reverse of, uh, it's like the you know, uh, magic, especially advanced technology will soon be magic. Yep. Um, made literal. Um, he um. He pushes a dude into a fire. Yeah. Which is gnarly as hell. Like, he stabs a dude and then just kicks him into a massive bonfire. Like I said, that's some Sekiro shit. Yeah, it's... Um, Uh, And then we are... Like, so the fight starts, and then we go to chapter three. Yes. What's your credit for this chapter? So, this one's really funny, because this third chapter is actually just a direct continuation of the previous page. Yes. Like, there's no actual... There's no... Yeah. So, I just... This book does that a lot. Yeah, it does. Uh, I called this chapter, no, seriously, isn't Simon cool? <laughs> I mean, very, very, very apt. Um, so, he murders a poacher, and then he, like, murders another poacher, and, oh, he's so cool and manly. Oh, God. Oh, look at him go. Look he's... at him go with his murdering. He's... he's... Um, yeah. And, and then you realize that um, uh, Sandra's, like, helpless, and is like, oh, no, Simon's gonna die. And then he just, like, murders them again. Uh, he has a guitar... Um, yeah. Uh, do, 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 do. he leaves one alive as like a mercy. Yeah. So um, like, this is kind of the the thing that's kind of happens here that is weird and completely expected is that he turns into his like killing machine self that he's trained for all these years yes. and murders yes. all of these people, and then is about to kill this final dude. So he's like, no, please have yeah, mercy on him. Because he doesn't like, have a weapon anymore, yeah. and he's she has the soft heart of a woman. Yes, <laughs> and she's like, and like she kind of does the thing where, like, you know, you would see it in a film, right? Where like, like the the background noise has kind of like cut yeah. out, and he's just like blankly staring at him, and yeah. the only audio you hear is the woman's voice yeah. telling him to not murder this man. Mm. Um, 
and uh, it's it is the thing it is. Yeah, right? like it's, I don't think you can really read too generously into it. There's um, some more murder trauma as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, no, so he has a whole moment afterwards where he's like, "Oh man, murder's bad actually." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and he like he throws up in a river. Yeah, uh, yeah. and and that's when like. And Sandra comes to him a second time yeah. to do the same thing again. Be to be like, like, look, you know, it's okay. You were just protecting people. It's fine. You didn't kill that man in whole blood. He's alive. We're all just happy that you you saved us. We don't think you're weird. It's yep. okay. It's okay. Um, it's, and <laughs> it's, it's so weird. It's really weird. It's so weird. Um, we oh. get another couple of weird tidbits about Simon uh, in this chapter as well. Mm. So one of them is uh, about his exit from London mm-hmm. um, in which he so he got in trouble with the police for base jumping. Which will come up again. Yes. Which is not a thing I expected. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> to say. So um, he base jumped off a building in London to start with, right? Yeah. And and he got into a ton of trouble and like drew attention to him and the Templar and everything and, his fa- and that's kind of <laughs> Where the tension between him and his father came from was that Simon was super into extreme sports yeah. because what else are you going to do with this ripped body from training to fight demons yeah. in a world where there aren't demons yet? Yeah. Um, um, I do I do just wish... See, a better version of the story uh, would give us some insights into like the emails that were sent between like oh, higher-up people at Templars yes. as they see Thomas Cross's son... Just fucking up and drawing attention to their secret society. I would love to read See, that. That'd be great. Yeah, that, th- there could be a better book um, uh, story in that. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, th- but the other thing that happens is, so he base jumped once, and then and they, he does they Big saw, Ben. Yeah, but then what he does is he's like, okay, fuck you guys, I'm leaving the country, fuck all this Templar shit, and then books passage out of the country, and then just before he needs to leave, base jumps off Big Ben. So he gets fucking chased by the police out of the country for base jumping because he's so cool. Yeah, that's how cool, that's how he, cool is. he is. I mean, I mean, it, again, I can't believe I'm saying this. The base jumping does come up for plot reasons later. Yep. Um, but uh, but yeah, so he's very cool. Yeah. Um, um, his his mother dies from died from cancer. Yes. We also learn here. Um, it's his duty to you know to survive and and, and just yeah. more like the burden more dead women yep the burden um he buries the bodies of uh the other two right yeah, no oh, they go back and burn them right they they, they do something about them they also. collect them all of course because they wanted their families to bury them yeah yeah, 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 yeah yeah so they have to go around and just pick up all of these leftover bits of these yep. two men's bodies yep Again, foreshadowing for the, the carnage of the demon invasion. Truly. Yeah. Uh, da, 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 they, da. Keep, they keep the ivory from they do the, keep the, ivory. the elephants because they're like, well, it's been cut off now. We may as well sell it, I uh, guess. Yeah. Um, they, and they sort of make their way back to Cape Town, right? With the tourists. Because obviously the safari is over because you almost died. Yeah, you guys don't. Um, you guys want to go home. They have this line here, which is, uh, I don't think we can count on a return business with this group, Sandra said. Nor any good word of mouth for any of them. Not even the travel writers. Which is bullshit. If I was a travel writer and I was yeah. like kidnapped and this guy came in and murdered everyone. That's and saved a fucking me, like that's medium like five post. stars. Yeah, like that that there. Like, Committed murders to, to like ensure I'd 
survived my safari. Like, that's, that's the sort good. of thing that shows up in fucking Vice. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I would absolutely... That's just content. You know, spread good word of mouth there. Yeah, yeah. go with these guys. They saved my fucking life. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you have little faith right there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the chapter again, like... There's more here than the last two chapters, but like it's still mm -hmm. it's still very much like we've just. Um, Sandra has a you look you sound different moment. Yeah. Um, because because he's murdered now and he's he's transforming, beginning his transformation into a, into a true man. Yes. Um, that's because as we all know, the the main way to become a man is to murder somebody. It was, it's one thing to murder a buffalo in single combat with your bare hands. Yeah. Quite another. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and I, in, in, a, in a phrase that I think I will be evoking a lot with this book it is what it is yeah uh, it's not that subtle um, uh, they talk a bit more about the London invasion yes oh uh, yeah that's, that's my other point for this chapter is, mm -hmm. is this is where I, this part's a little bit weird because like si Simon's just had like this moment where he now feels really weird for having killed these people, mm. so and everyone else feels a little bit weird around him, despite Sandra assuring him otherwise. And then he goes and threatens the living um, uh, poacher, poacher by like he motions to like grab the dude's yeah. like fucking injured leg or whatever yep. to like squeeze yeah, yeah. it and hurt him to force him to tell him about what's going on in London. Mm. And it's like, dude, like what do you? <laughs> fucking revolver ocelot or something like yeah. what are you doing here like yeah. just ask him or say like i um so we learned that uh there's a lot of like tv reports and stuff of crazy stuff happening in london um i, I want to point out that we yeah. have a new uh a new weird noun here Ooh. um try d t-r-i hyphen d-e-e -E. oh yes because we don't have tvs anymore because it's 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 the, it's, it's the the future no are you sure it, yeah wait i thought that was i thought that was just like a racist thing where they're like that's, no that's how how they're hearing it through accents no no, no, no. Writing. i i also thought it was a race thing to begin with but also like it actually <laughs> it does it does actually describe it as being called a tri d from simon's perspective later on so there are these strange three-dimensional holographic TVs that everybody has that everyone calls Tri-D because oh they're three-dimensional, which oh is dumb, but it's um, the future, right? You got to make sure that people know it's the future. I forget. The, I forgot this was the 13 years in the future. Yeah. Where are my Tri-Ds now? <laughs> <laughs> this, is not, this is not the 2020 that I was I, was I know, right? Oh. Um, that's it. That's the thing that's disappointing about 2020. Yeah. Certainly. No Tri-Ds. Um, but that's basically that chapter, right? Is we get a bit yeah. more of like at this point, it 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 is what it is. Uh, the book's like, oh man, something's going on in London. The call to adventure, Simon. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. uh, you've got to go back and face your father, and you know, prove yourself a real man by fighting all these demons. Yeah, and like um, at this point, we've also like. We, we, it's kind of made it impossible for him to return to his old life as well because yeah. he's just murdered like four yeah. people. Yeah. Uh, and um, his. There's nothing wrong with that, of course. No, you know? no, like he's, he was. He's a man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then we move on to chapter four. Yeah. Unless you have any other final. Thoughts. No, no, that's like that. Uh, cool. So chapter four. What are your notes? 
Yeah, so my... Oh, sorry, what's your title? My title uh, for this chapter is Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Yep, yeah, it'd be like that, huh? Yeah. Um, so we've, this chapter uh, jumps us to London, where we follow Detective Chief Superintendent Alfred Hyde. Um, who's, he's just, he's Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. He's just, that's, that's he, just what he he's is. He's very Commissioner Gordon. He's just Commissioner and, Gordon. And specifically, he's very, um... Uh, Gary Oldman, Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, like that's, he's... that's just that's just what he is. Yeah, um, he's just like the the one good uh, police officer who's trying to deal with a crisis. Uh, we have this incredible, incredible weird detail here, <laughs> which is the young man snapped to attention in a way that belied his casual dress. All of them had learned not to wear the the uniform of the Metropolitan Police Service. Do the demons like pick off cops? Yeah, yes. yes. So, um, <laughs> demons, demons are allies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, guys here I, I i don't it's <laughs> so weird. it's a really weird detail it's such a weird detail but like it makes sense because in some degree because like the first thing that all of the demons kill is like the military obviously and like it makes sense that yes they'll go over people in uniforms blah, 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 if that's already a thing that they've done but like the thing that i find really weird about that little bit is that a little bit later like like the next couple sentences um uh hide actually asks this guy to not salute to him because he says i don't want them knowing that i'm a ranking officer yeah and so it's like clear he's like intimating that Mm. these demons are like going top down like let's let's like murder like the chain of command (laughs) it's very strange and again it it comes back to this uh this other thing where we were talking before about how the demons are animalistic and like don't have any sort of central organization or drive yeah um but also, there was the line where they're like, "Are they a hive mind? Yeah, Does that make sense?" Or, but no, they're picking off cops specifically. It's so weird. It, yeah, it's it, so weird. It's not consistent. Um, but I mean, this 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 chapter is very much a, like give you an update on what's actually happening on the ground in London. Yeah, like what's that happened? Prologue, right? Yeah, how things how's the situation progressed? Everyone's like dealing with the fact that Templars exist. I think it's been like about a week because I think. Uh, Simon had been out yeah. on safari for like four or five days yeah. and then um, hadn't heard about this until just now. So it's been almost a week. Um, we have the line, uh, it reminded Hyde of the stories his grandfather had told him about the Nazi occupation of France and the air raids over London. It's like, come on. Like, saying the quiet part loud yeah, a little like, much here. Like, like, like Hellgate London is co- is set in bit. London. That's the, that's the whole bit. That's the whole, that's the bit. <laughs> like, you walk around, like, yeah. London in the game and it's like, man, all these buildings have blown out like they've been bombed. And we're surviving by staying underground. Yeah, like, jeez. Like, it's, it, like, it's... It's, 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 yeah. I mean, again, just saying the quiet part a little loud there. Um, there's, like, a young officer who's the contrast, right? Yeah. Um, we, we meet um, a mysterious person. Yeah, right? so there's, like, a couple things. I don't thi- think, they, I don't think we get a name for this, like, mysterious government spook, right? No. So, like, we get it. They also mention one of the other things, again, about how, like, portraying these demons as animalistic is that they've actually cut off like the underground like train yeah yeah they're like London. tactically cutting off escape routes and yeah and, and it's like so, so they mention that um they do cat they get like in a like like a mad max-esque car like yeah. with all of like the armor and weapons strapped to it yeah. to like take... oh yeah to like take him from one place to another yeah um um because yeah. he needs to go there there is uh the um, I don't think they they you say who he is. Have to go to the is. grand library, so at the central library. Yeah, to see, meet, meet, uh, Dr. Smithers. Yes, uh, um, who is the is he a, a mortician? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, yeah, so he goes there and they, like, literally, like, put him into an armored car and then, like, Uber him to where he needs to be. Yeah. And there's, like, I mean, like, there's kind of a fun scene there in that he, there's obviously a fight that happens against demons, yes. but it's experienced from his perspective as the person inside this big tin can. Yeah. So and you just I, see his guns, and it's, like, it's cool. It's reasonably effective. Yeah, I really like yeah. that scene compared to any of the other fights yeah. we had so far. Yeah. Because it is, it is far more interesting to just hear all these gunshots yeah. and, like, oh, no, like... Not, not that left, your other left. Like, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, in the background. Yeah. Rather than Simon just murdering people with his bare hands. Yeah. Like, ah, the struggle of man. It's, yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a bit more fun. Yeah, totally. Um, I would, I would honestly say Hyde is automatically a way more compelling character than anyone else so far. Just because, yep. like, ordinary cop trying to make it work in... In a demon in apocalypse? In a demon apocalypse, like, that's just a better setup for a story that's... than secretly raised to be part of, like, a secret society designed to fight demons. Yeah, it's like, do you want to, like... Because it's, it's that or, like, basically, like, Alex Ryder. <laughs> like... <laughs> I think that that is unfair to Alex Ryder. <laughs> um, not that unfair, but, like, a little unfair. <laughs> a little bit unfair? A little okay. unfair. All right, I take um, that back. Alex Ryder's father, uh, uncle or father or whatever. He's, like, father figure, rather. Uh, I think he, like vanishes or there's like there's like mysteries right yeah there is ongoing stuff there's mystery yeah yeah um i'm glad yeah i'm glad Um, we have the alex Ryder lore to be able to drop there but like but so so, sorry my point my point i can't believe i have to clarify this uh uh is that alex rather's alex Ryder's father figure who i think is it is his dad it's It's not his uncle no it's it's his uncle yeah so his uncle um serves more than just the call to adventure right yes. there's there's stuff there, happening with that character there is absolutely and the legacy he leaves um whereas thomas cross is uh he is literally his he is the the catalyst to bring simon back and in, into the story he, he is it. just the letter that he it writes is, to him yeah, like, like that's, that's that's essentially it yeah um uh yeah so no your other left um uh, do, 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 do. Why have I highlighted? Uh, I don't know. What did you highlight? I've highlighted the driver jerked the armored car through a series of quick turns. I mean, I'll probably just highlight it because it's just like interesting. I, it's like, a, like we said, it's just like an interesting, t- suspenseful scene. Yeah. Um, so they go into the library. Like the underground, like, car park of this library. Yeah. Um, we meet Dr. Smithers, who's just like, again, in this cop show, he's the mortician. Yeah, like, he is, um, he is like, he is the coroner. He is like your. He's your ducky from yeah. NCIS. Yeah, that's um. I guess is what it is. <laughs> um, and then we meet this government spook guy who like shows up and is kind of. Um, we don't even we don't even get a name. They just say no name. They're just like, "Who are you?" And he's like, "No one you need to trouble yourself with." Like, yeah, shady like, and stuff. You barely even get a description of what um, it looks like. And they will the. the the uh, the spook asks uh, Hyde basically if they know the name Thomas Cross because they're examining Thomas Cross's Thomas Cross's body. Yes, that's what the mortician. Yeah, is, right? he's been asked here to identify it, and yep, he says yeah. that that is Thomas. Um, Cross. And the reason that Hyde is able to identify Thomas Cross is that he's the he's the you know he made it his mission to try and uh, be involved in Simon Cross's excavates as yes. like a base jumper. Yeah, uh, and. Then we find out two interesting tidbits, which was that uh, he kind of, like, helped Simon escape. Yes, he approved uh, his passport. When he, like, obviously probably should not have. Shouldn't have done that. Uh, Because he was like, yeah, you know what, it's probably better to have the kid run away than be stuck here with his dad if that's 
going to result in him doing more, like, crazy Daredevil stuff. Yeah. Which, yeah. so it's not entirely, like, uh, magnanimous. Like, there is a self-serving aspect to it, because it does make his job easier. Yes, there's no um, strange man running around chucking yeah, up buildings. Yeah, which is, I guess it's fair. Uh, and then the other tidbit is that uh, we find out that basically, like, Thomas Cross didn't exist until that point. Yes. Which poses so many questions <laughs> um, for, like, even in 2007, like, British is Britain is so like bureaucracyified. Yeah. That's like crazy. Yeah. Um, and it, it again just creates so many more questions about how the secret society like functions. Yeah, and exists in yeah. any way that isn't like its cover is not blown immediately. Because like this government guy, he says that yeah, like our computer analyst checked all its records yeah. and that they'd all been falsified so it looked like they were older than they were. And it's like, dude, like if you're part of this weird intelligence agency, wouldn't you have done that before? Yeah. Like, I, it's so, strange. So strange. So basically, neither Thomas Cross nor Simon Cross existed until Simon gets arrested for base jumping yep. um, and reveals their existence. Um, so that's basically what happened, right? They just talk about current yeah. affairs. There's, there's one little thing here um, that you glean from the government man's yeah. um, dialogue in that they do not trust the Templar. Is that this mm, government mm. group of people, um, are like consider the possibility that the Templar actually brought the yeah. demons here, which makes absolutely no sense. Like it, it's completely mm. yeah. Like, like why yeah. the fuck would they yeah. all die mer- trying to kill demons at like the cathedral? Yeah. If they were the ones that summoned them. Yeah. And like I could I could totally understand if instead we were like doing an autopsy of like a. A, a, a Kabbalist, right? or, or like yeah. a Kabbalist character, yeah, yeah. right? Oh, and with a like, bunch oh, of like yeah, demons, yeah, 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 like because sure. they've got they've got horns sure. and stuff. Maybe they're in league with them. That would make much more sense for oh, this yeah. particular scene. I do remember reading that and being like, that seems like a bit of a stretch. But... Yeah, it's 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 very weird. Um, Gotta talk about something. I, um, yeah, I, but that's basically that chapter. Th- that's right? yeah, that's all kind of really that happens. Um, so then we are back to South Africa. Yeah, they've made it to Cape Town. What's your name for this chapter? I, it's not even funny. It's just meandering with Simon about getting to London. Correct. Like that's correct. All that's this... basically it. They get to uh, Cape Town. They go through like a checkpoint. Um, they sort of vaguely have to explain why they have a bunch of bodies. Um, they go to the police. Yep. Um, are like there are a bunch of poachers. Um, and then they get let go. Yes. Yep. Um, then basically Simon meanders around Cape Town, like you said, and then on the treaty, which I can't get over now, I just can't believe, I can't believe, mm. it's a good name. Uh, they watch like CNN of the, of the alien invasion, which yeah. again is like, that's what I'm saying. Aliens. Yep. Yep. Ancient aliens. Ancient, the most ancient aliens. <laughs> um... Uh, and then Simon, you know, obviously is like, oh man, London, it's been evaded by monsters. My duty is calling to me to return and prove myself a man. Yeah. Um, and I think he recognizes a couple of the monsters on the screen as yes, well. Yes, he's like, oh, that's a blood angel. I know them. Yeah, I've played Hellgate London. <laughs> I've played that video game. Uh, we get to, like, see on the footage, like, a demon fight a jet which is a detail that gets mentioned earlier uh, in an earlier chapter offhand, and then we like see footage of it. Yep. Which is just it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, tanks try and fight demons; they don't work. Uh, again, this 
this like a little bit here is very much like the prologue chapter where it's all about deploying like the imagery of Hellgate London which is these big monsters fighting people in iconic landmarks yeah I, the um, thing I, I there was one thing that I found a bit weird about this footage was that it describes some of it from like as if it's like it's a montage well that's <laughs> like not really found footage yeah, yeah but also some of it is like pointed very directly at a like a fighter jet yeah and I, I don't know about you, but I think fighter jets go pretty fast. They do. They I do. don't know how you would track a close fire, fighter yeah. jet with, yes. like, your fucking news camera. Yeah. Like, I don't... It, and, and the way it describes, yeah. like, the way the monster is attacking that jet yeah. feels very much like the footage is actually from the pilot. Uh, yes. Like, like they've got their phone out recording yeah. this. It's just really strange. Oh, I mean, for me, for the other side, it's like, this whole sequence is just, like I said, it's like a montage of, like, some found footage and some, like, cinematic shots that you would see in this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so they're in a bar, he sees the footage, and it's like, I have to return to London. I've got family there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this character Flynn at the, at the bar, who I think is the bartender? Yes. Uh, is just he like owns the bar. He's like, you know, he's just like all the commercial flights into Great Britain have been held up, which is fair. They've declared a quarantine over the whole area. Oh, this is hitting different in twenty twenty. Um, <laughs> but uh, like something about alien bacteria again. Yeah, aliens also germs. Uh, mm-hmm. mm, quarantine. Mm. Uh, he yeah. makes this sorry mate. Uh, yeah, this is yeah. This is this is some real dialogue here. Some real dialogue here. Uh, sorry, mate. Your whole family is probably dead. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I appreciate the sentiment. I guess. Um, we get like more tension between like Sandra and Simon here because um, they're they're staying together, but also they're like still dealing with the fact that he just like murdered a bunch of people and is yeah. like a bit grumpy about that and i so i can't um, i really can't tell what happens in this chapter with them because it's like they both like get food and drink this bottle of alcohol that flynn gives them as like a gift because he's like i'm sorry about your family probably being dead have some alcohol um, yeah um the thing they like sit on the bed and drink and eat yeah. this and it's it kind of just ends the chapter just ends yeah. and it's like do do they have like post trauma sex or not? And and like and it, I feel like it very purposefully admits like like uh, like whether or not that happens. Like yeah. it doesn't say Simon went to like went to sleep or whatever. Like it doesn't specifically sure. get rid of that possibility, which is what you would expect to happen. Is yeah. to say, yeah, they were fucked up from this weird experience, yeah. and they both went to sleep because they had a big day ahead of yeah. them. And also, it doesn't specifically say, well. They're probably gonna die, so now they're gonna fuck. Like it doesn't yeah. say either of those yeah. things. I mean, the relationship between Simon and Sandra is very odd in that, um, like from what I remember, you may remember uh, the events of Hogan London, the video game, a little better than me. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like a one of those video game universes that's kind of devoid of sexuality. Ah, uh, in, in terms of like actual romantic, like characters, right? Ah. Uh, mm, uh... Are there romantic... Like, again, I've forgotten most of the video game. Are there romantic pairings? No. Yeah. But there are... There are obviously, like, sexy demon ladies at some point. No, I but assume. beyond that, there are some of the um, the vendors uh-huh. are specifically, when you read their, like, dialogue or their okay. description, it does describe them, like, 
sexually. Okay. It does actually say, Weird. like, this particular vendor, she's hot, and she uses that <laughs> to sell stuff. Okay. So there that is... That seems like the way that this book would describe people as yes, well. Yes, so it's in line. It's definitely in line. But, but, it's, but my point was more like, um, uh, I have met a number of NPCs in the game, but there's not really, like, they don't really have, like, a sex drive. Like, they're not... No, like, like nobody, like there. You're not. It's not a Dragon Age. No. You're not dating anybody. Yeah. Um, um. So it's it's just like that that whole dynamic between Simon and Sandra again it feels very Hollywoodified. Yeah. Um. Yeah. In that sense. Um. But the, look, I mean, if the ambiguity there is interesting, at least if it lets you imagine a more interesting version of this universe that's good yeah like i um, i, I that's kind of why i wanted to call that specifically out yeah. because it would be i think more boring to say one way or the other what happens yeah. um they're having a thing where they're like i want to go back to my home which will continue to be a splitting point between their relationship because obviously she wants to go back to sydney s-i-d-n-e-y yep uh and he wants to return to london to prove he's a man yeah um and then chapter six uh, unless you have any final thoughts. No, right. that, that chapter is It's pretty boring. boring. Nothing happens. Yeah. And nothing happens. And the most interesting about it is that nothing happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so chapter six, what's your code name? Uh, my, my code name for chapter six is Enter Warren. Yes. Because, yeah. I, I, like, up until now, like, we've said probably the most interesting character was Hyde, was Hyde right? Yeah. But now, so... We introduce our, our new character, Warren, mm -hmm. um, and he is now probably the most interesting character, but also a complete asshole. Yeah. Like, just garbage, yeah. but there's actually story that happens here. Sure. Like, yeah. like he is he is an incel asshole that is somehow, <laughs> like, way more interesting than anybody else so far. Like You're not wrong. But, and, and kind of, so... Yeah. If... If our template, because you want to have a, a character from each faction, no, right? yeah, this is the direction the book. I can tell the book is going. Yeah, so we've got our our, our Templar Simon, yeah. and we've got like we're starting to get in here as we'll find out a cabalist, cab cabalist. Ca ca yeah. I don't know. I'm calling him cabalist. I like the idea of calling him cabalist. I, I say cabal therapy. Um, that's what I normally say. But yeah, War Warren, I think there's actual stuff going on with his character rather than just daddy issues yeah i mean and like i mean there like, are daddy issues to be clear yeah yeah i mean uh, we'll get the, but like <laughs> hide is interesting but he's obviously not the main character right yeah. like he's not one of our faction characters mm. so that's mm. out of our faction yes. characters so far warren will be way better than simon Yes, low bar, but yes. Okay, cool. So I mean, I mean, in another example of the book being, you know, very much what it is, uh, they have this great line. The first line is on his knees in a wretched supermarket with, with a dozen other scavengers. Warren Schwimmer felt the demon before he saw it, <laughs> which is like, like, um, it it is what it is, right? He's like this this dude, uh, and he's like starting to develop extrasensory powers and being able to like feel the demons, and then he he uses that to like escape from them basically yeah um they he has uh, his housemates nickname him weird warren which is fair and like you said he's just like i i hadn't thought of applying the word but yeah no he's just a weirdo incel right like, yeah like that's all he is um uh da, 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 da. and then as we as we learn basically him and his uh housemate kelly yeah so we introduce another a woman a woman a woman yeah uh 
here uh, who basically they're they're scavenging. They're going on a scavenging run. At this point, London is like been invaded by demons, and him and his housemates are just like living in their house like normal. But also, they go out for shopping. Yeah, trips essentially. So again, very like twenty twenty is weird. Yeah. Uh, um. So him and Kelly are going out and they're scavenging. Demons show up and then he like saves her. Uh, and bec- with his with his powers. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then eventually they're like cornered and there's like a demon hound thing and then he like wills it to go away and it goes away. Yes. And she's yeah. like, "How did you do that?" And he's powers. like, "I didn't do that. I didn't do anything. What are you the, talking the, about?" Gaslighting her right here. Yes. Um, so th- there's, <laughs> I mean, there's we, there's more yeah. to that thread. Yeah. Um, yeah. But essentially, uh, they decide to bail once a bunch of demons show up. Yes. Um, there's a policeman who's like you looters so that's kind of what i wanted to bring up here yeah. is that this is actually like this is some real a cab shit yeah like we're in the middle of this demon, <laughs> demon this demon invasion, invasion and can't this go down the street without people being ripped apart by monsters th- this like, cop oh, drives up you to shouldn't this... be stealing food what are you guys what are you doing? doing put that shit back down <laughs> like he just and he like drives up very clearly he's in a car right so he's making a yeah. bunch of noise yeah. he fuck like like maybe dude, maybe what demons are picking maybe maybe the cops just think demons are picking them off because they're just obviously making all the mistakes and attracting yeah attention. it's fair yeah. <laughs> like maybe that's like, what we're meant like, to do like or like really what that shoot dude should be doing is like helping them fucking get some food out of that store yeah, yeah. but instead he's throwing tear gas at people yeah. like he's just I, I it's I, I find this that one character to be really strange because it it makes yeah. no sense yeah. at all it's for him all, to be doing that. Um, da, 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 a big uh, creature shows up. It's as huge as an elephant with a gaping maw, and like it bu- like burrows out of the ground, and, like eats someone. So I think it's another carnivore. Oh, another carnivore. But but Warren doesn't know about carnivores. It's true. It's true. He's not played the video game. <laughs> um, uh, Warren uh saves Kelly because she's a helpless woman, and he's a man. Uh, yeah. As is as is the way. Yep. Um, it is what it is. And the way the method through which he saves her is. Uh, he he uses his mind powers not just on the demon to like will it away, but he also uses his mind powers to will the woman to shut up. Like he actually yeah. like uses projects the thoughts into her head to be quiet yeah. so that she doesn't scream because that's what women do. Yeah, is they, they just scream. Can't hold it together. Yeah, and under pressure. I, um, Jesus, it is what it is. Oh, uh, and again. Are you still sticking by your? This is a step up from Thomas. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> like uh, uh, some stuff happened here that's relevant to the plot in London. Yeah, I mean, I do think I do think it is at least. Uh, I mean, putting like the weird incel angle aside, yeah. it is at least interesting that we have this character in London who is very much a contrast to to uh, Thomas, right? Because Thomas is like from essentially from royalty. Right. Yes. Sorry, yeah. not Thomas. Simon. Simon. Simon's descent- yeah. I mean, Thomas is also descended from royalty, but yes. Simon essentially descended from like royalty, like privilege, uh, and then you have Warren, who's like very much the opposite, where he grows up without parents uh, and has nothing, and his 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 struggles are very street level, right? Yeah, so, he's just a dude. Like he's just a dude, and he's like, I need to get food, or I'm gonna starve. Uh, yeah. Versus Thomas is like, I must return from South Africa to prove my manhood. <laughs> like, you know what this, I mean? Yeah, this like, guy needs to go to the fucking Woolworths to prove his manhood instead. Also, yeah. also needs to go to therapy. Yes, but, um, they all do. 
Every, all of these <laughs> characters do. Um, uh, but that's basically it, right? We get introduced to to Warren. We we know that he has some degree of supernatural aptitude. Yep. Um, and he saves Kelly because she can't save herself. She, yep. Because she she's a woman. Um. So that's the end of chapter six. Yeah. Final thoughts. That's that's thoughts about there. it. They um. There, there's this is another seven is another one of those great chapters that just just it could have just been a continuation of chapter six. Yep. There's no real clear like reason for it to be a different chapter apart from dramatic like energy to be like oh it ends yeah. on a cliffhanger will they escape and turn like, the page yeah they escaped yeah like, like this <laughs> book isn't also it's not very long the chapters aren't particularly long either like they, um, you could probably double the length of these chapters and it wouldn't do anything don't don't don't, don't make me think about that possibility um so cha- chapter seven um yep, I, my my name for this one is hogwarts invitation yeah yeah um um uh, I do, I do want to just like call this fun descriptor here, which is uh, the broken window of the Italian restaurant ahead of them showed the menacing reflection of a feminine-shaped demon with wings. So this means the demon's got boobs, right? That's what, yeah, that's what that that's, is, right? That's what Mel that's, is saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. I was like, I've never just, uh, just the the phrasing of feminine-shaped demon is just like very, very coded. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's interesting. Damn, she a demon and she got feet. Whew. Whoa. <laughs> um so uh they're on the run from this monster uh porn's like oh should i leave this woman behind no i shouldn't i should probably save her um yeah i think more out of like his housemates will be mad at him than anything yeah yeah which again i i do like just how like sociopathically like weird he's about his housemates he's like I guess I'll bring them food so they don't yeah, starve. I don't know. They don't get me. I got <laughs> I got something nice for this one guy. He didn't cool. even appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so there's a demon, um, and then like we said, like he he pushes the demon away with his mind. Powers. His mind. His mind powers. Um, and then after he pushes the demon away with his mind powers, this mysterious woman comes up and is like, "I know what you. Do. How did you do that? You have a gift." Yeah. And he's like, "No." I must refuse the call of adventure. And she's like, when you decide to cross the first threshold, here's my card. And that's basically it. That's, that's their interaction, that's, essentially, yeah, right? Like, it does describe her a bit, which is nice. She has, like, these weird magic tattoos that kind of glint in green fire. Yep. Um, they have, like, a quick mind battle. They uh, do, they do. Uh, her name is Edith Buckner. Yes. Uh, she has horns, I think. She does? She yeah, has horns. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so she's a Kabbalist, as yeah. we know. Horns, Kabbalist. So, yeah, that, here's, here's Warren's story, just right here. Just yep. walking up to you. Yep. Um, um, another thing that we learn in this chapter is that Warren really, really likes his DVDs. Yes. He, like yeah, no, it comes up a lot, right? Yeah, he's very, very protective of his things. Um, and apparently he's he hates his housemates because they keep stealing his shit. No, they don't. Well, they keep touching his like, but they keep stealing his money. Yeah, which which um, I'm not sure if we are, I'm not sure if we're actually at that point yet. But they do bring up he does yeah, it does bring up his DVDs. His DVDs, yeah. yeah. Um, so we get a flashback here where we um, find out that uh, his his like his mother is like a like thinks she has like mystical gifts, and then his stepfather's like terrible abusive. Stop spending all of our money Stop on these money dumb on this, books. These books about magic. They're not real. Yeah. Uh, and then we are like foreshadowing of like a violent incident in Warren's past. Yeah, some kind um, of altercation, yeah. Uh, interesting thing we learn here from Edith is that basically people who had this gift already had it, but when the demons arrived, it's like an accelerant. And so there's, 
it is the it is the I'm just gonna say it is the Game of Thrones thing where because dragons have brought magic back into the universe, magic is more possible. People, right? Yeah, I, I'm not saying that it's like a, a knockoff of that, but that's like my closest yeah. reference point. It's basically what we're being communicated here. Yeah. Um, uh, and she, she also she mentions that like uh, she he needs to learn magic. If you do not learn how to harness it, it may destroy you. Yeah, um, which is I, again the call to adventure. You yep. gotta heed it, right? Yeah, otherwise your head explodes, like um, in scanners. Ugh. Uh, and Warren's like, I don't want your help. I don't want anything to do with you, um, because I must refuse the cold adventure. He needs he needs to take this fucking like salmon yeah. tins back to his housemates. Yeah, it's more important. He, Edith like just drops a ton of exposition on him about the Kabbalists as well here, when she's like, "There's a group of us who have meaning for years. We noticed how more accelerated the power is in individuals since the Hellgate opened. We're helping them." Yep. <laughs> yep. Just, just, just I, dropping all my my background here, just, right? Here you go. Saving just, nothing for ca- the follow up. In case you need to know what's going on. Um. Uh. Do 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 do. They go back to the flat. Uh. Kelly's like, I heard you t- tell the monster to go away using your mind powers, and he's like, Nah, you didn't. Yeah. You really no nah, nothing at all happened uh, there. And then she disappears and goes yeah. play guitar. Um. We. Yeah, it's, the guitar thing is such a weird detail. They're like living in like so they're living in like a loft, but they've like it's like a it's, it's a converted like, warehouse. Yeah, space. and they've just got like curtains to separate their rooms. Which yeah, is, it is odd, but sure, I guess. Uh, yeah, I, I I know people that have lived like that. Yeah, it's I, and you know what? People yeah. may steal your DVDs, yeah, so I understand that. Warren now. Um, do 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 do. Uh, we get a bunch of mentions about his his DVDs and we, we, we learned that he made them untouchable. So he like created mental barriers in, in his friends so that they physically would not think to ever interact with his stuff. Yeah. Which is, which is again, leading us into this thing where we learned that actually telling the demon to go away wasn't the first time he used his mind powers. Actually, Ooh. he's been using them to manipulate his housemates all along. Yeah. Um, because he doesn't, you know, respect their, like, sovereignty or, indi- or like, individual will, right? Like, yeah, because he's, he's just a shitty person. He's just a bad person who's like, what if I just stopped you? Like, and, like hey, dude, the reason that everybody... the way your mind works with yeah, your consent. Yeah, exactly. Like, the reason <laughs> your housemates don't like you is because... You're terrible. You're terrible, and they can tell that you're manipulating them all the time. Um, yeah, so he could manipulate people as long as they didn't know they were being manipulated. Yeah. Um, and and whatever he's telling them to do, they're not super against. Yeah, because uh, that's the thing is he says he could stop them from touching DVDs and books, but he couldn't keep them from taking money. Yeah. They'd simply wanted the money more than he'd been able to control them, which, as we all know, is how capitalism works. Yeah. Um, da, 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 da. I think that's the chapter. That's basically the chapter. Um, uh, yeah, no, he's struggling with like the, the conflicting desire to embrace uh and cross the threshold in the cult of adventure yep uh you know cut back to walter's bar in cape town um <laughs> yeah again walter's run by flynn when, yeah you know walter's <laughs> bar walter's bar run by flynn i guess um uh so we learn that simon has met a uh pilot called horner yep who who's like willing to fly him to uh, not london to france to france yeah. and then his plan is to like get find... to france and then find a way across the channel yeah um so i don't know not much not much happens here right no so I, my uh 
so there's a couple of things here. Um, one, uh, it specifically calls out that Horner is wearing a Grateful Dead shirt. <laughs> yes, I did. Uh, th- which is great. A really important detail there. Yep. Uh, the other thing, so my code name for this chapter is Another Woman. <laughs> oh, yes, of course, of course, of course. Because um... we introduce our, like, what, like, third female character? Mm, oh, well, so we had, we had Kathleen. Kathleen. We had Kira. Sandra. Sandra. Okay, so like uh, Kelly, Kelly. So I'm like seeing the, a lot of K's here, there's right? A lot of K's, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of K's. That's that, I'm not imagining that pattern. Right? No, that's yeah. It's, it's a real pattern. I wonder if like Mel's wife's name starts with a K. Interesting. Well, yeah. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so we get this this girl uh, Leah, uh, who has violet colored eyes. Who who? Sorry. So before we get to that though, uh, uh, Simon and Sandra break up. I think breakups probably yeah, too strong a word here. They, they're not they, around they each say other. Their goodbyes, yeah, they're right? still friends, but no longer with benefits because they're not in the same tent anymore. Yes. Um. Uh. We have this this important line here. Uh. Sorry. So, so Horner is he? We talks. He talks to Horner, and then Horner's like, "All right, I'm flying in the morning with or without you. Meet at six a.m." Yeah. Uh. And then he says goes to say goodbye to Sandra, and he, with this line here, it's like she understood him in ways that. He'd never thought anyone would, but you didn't tell her like fucking anything about your like sin, like secret past being raised by a cult to believe that demons exist and or your murder training. Yeah. It's like it's so weird. It's, it's so weird. It's very strange because like the, the dude's obviously like fucking jacked. Like yeah. it describes how tall and like broad yeah, shouldered yeah, yeah. he is very multiple cool. times. He was, he was a skateboarder, didn't you? Know? Right. Like, does she know any of that? Does she know he did extreme sports? Like, is that something that he has <laughs> so mentioned? Clear. Did he say to her, "I base jumped off Big Ben"? Like, that's probably something you would say to a girl that you were trying to impress, right? Like, it's so weird. I, it's and uh, yeah, it's very strange. Yeah, um, um, they do kiss before he leaves. Yep, which is you um, know, it's nice. Uh, so then he gets on the plane, and as you said, he meets Leah, who it is, uh, who's mysterious. She is very mysterious. Very mysterious, and it is, as a person who's played the video game, it's extremely obvious that she is of that third faction that we cannot <laughs> remember the name of. She is obviously some kind of marksman or tech person. Yep. Um, because we are missing one of them in our story. Yeah, we, we still do in not our, have that character. We do not have that character yet, so my vibe is that she's probably that person. Uh-huh. Um, she offers him her food because yeah. she didn't like it, I think. Uh, there's another person, Philip Torrance, briefly introduced. He's just like, he's also there. I don't think he's a real character. I think I think it, it gives him a name. To it's com- a salesman. He says he's a salesman. Yeah, he's got I, a white shirt and slacks. I don't think we see him ever again. It's so weird. I don't know why he's it's even It's so named. weird. It's so weird. This book is so strange. Um... And, you know, this chapter is just, like, him flying and then, like, lots of, like, contemplation about what it means to return to London to prove he's a man. Yep. Um, then, uh, we get a couple, like, interactions with Leah, uh, Leah Creasy. Yes. Um, who's, who, who basically hints that they are also going to London. Yeah, and I think, and that's kind of what hits Simon and makes him go oh this is a person I need to remember Mm because she's also going to London like a fucking idiot um Mm -hmm. and I think the 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 story she gives is that uh her father she's trying to find her father as well yeah and so um it's been long enough that I don't remember if that's true or not Mm -hmm. I don't know if she's lying in this scene um 
Yeah. Her her backstory is weird here as well. And she's like, I got mad at him a few months ago. I had no business doing that. He put me through university, then wondered why I wasn't working at a job I'd trained for. Marketing. Yep. Yeah. I ended up back in the same dress shop I've worked my way through university in. And it's just like, is this a, is this a cover story? Like, what's the vibe here? What yeah. are we meant to take from that? Just like, you know, yeah. the... Whenever I need to pretend to be somebody else because I'm like, you know, a secret spy or something yeah. like that, yeah. I always make sure to give the person I'm talking to my entire cover story to yeah. from the get to. Just so they know. So they know, right? Yeah, that yeah, way yeah. I won't forget any parts of it because yeah. I've already told it all. Yeah, somewhere. yeah. Um, and obviously the parallels between Simon Simon's own struggle and Leah's really just like gets to him. Yeah. And she's like he's like, Oh man, I never reconciled with my father. What if I don't get the chance? It's, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. It, yeah. It's it's a bit it's um, a bit ham fisted. Leah's fears were his own, and he didn't know how to deal with his own because while he is a very cool guy, um, he's not very emotionally mature. He's not very emotionally mature. No. Um, I think that's a requirement for base jumping off Big Ben. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's chapter eight. We yep. are chapter nine, where the story continues. Um, yeah, I'm just I, flash forward a bit here. Yeah. Not a huge amount happens. Simon is in Paris only for sixteen hours before he's able to secure passage to Kakels. Is that how you say it? Uh, how's it spelled? C O Q U E L L E S. Uh, you pro? I don't know. I did French at one point. <laughs> he goes to somewhere in the French countryside where he believes he will be able to cross the channel and return to London. Uh, there's a truck driver with him who's like, why do you want to go there? And he's like, I need to. Yeah, it's... <laughs> <laughs> Again, this is like the montage in the movie where you like have the one scene where it's I need to and there's just flashes of the truck going across the landscape with yeah, like a storm like, in the distance. And then it kind of like fades in and out to like mm. a map with a line being drawn. And then and then it's like a fade, like fade cut to a town sign of Kakel's yeah, or whatever so as this, the truck goes past. This right? is basically like if you were watching yeah. the Van Helsing movie, like this, yeah. like you know what this looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's not subtle. Uh, so uh, the, the, the truck, without warning, jerks violently to one side and like gets stuck. And then Leah shows up in a taxi and picks him up. Yeah, so she's <laughs> so this is really weird because she's in another truck also running supplies. Yeah, so she's basically doing the exact same thing. She's right behind him, mm-hmm. and this is the thing that I found really weird is that I again don't remember if this is the case or not, but like it the, it describes like the tire having been ruined and like mm. it's blown up and they're yep. not fucking getting anywhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But they don't know why Yeah, that's happened. And yeah. I'm not sure if it's trying to be like, oh, Leah's done this deliberately to get in the same car as fucking Simon. And like, it's really, it's a strange detail that they add with no real follow-up whatsoever that I can see. I mean, I don't know. I and mean, we maybe meant to like, I don't know. It's so, it's so unclear what Leah, what Leah's deal is at this point, right? Yeah. Like, it, is, is she trying to get close to him because she's, like, an assassin who's, like, trying to get revenge for something or something? like? Or is she just a normal person that knows he's going to London and is like, well, I better, I may as well stick with this extremely strong-looking man? But, but I mean, it, it, all, it all comes down to whether we think she had, like, malicious intent at, like, crashing the truck, which it feels like it's implied that she was involved. 
Yeah, it does. Either it's like the weirdest coincidence in the world. Yes. Or... Like, it really, she... really hammers home that, oh, Leah's in this truck. It's so weird that she's <sighs> there, huh? Why would How she lucky? be there? It's uh, like, what? Yeah. And again, you, you may remember where the plot threads are going more than I do. Yeah. But it's just it's just deeply weird. And then she's like, oh, what are the odds? We're also going to this place. You should just get in the truck with us. Yeah. Um, they, they get in the truck. It's a tight fit. They bond vaguely no, kind of I, a little like very more than, one-sidedly more than on the plane yeah sure like she like, sleeps on his arm mm. and he goes well mm. i better not wake her up she's gonna need some sleep yeah it, you know she's a woman she's a woman so she needs her rest <laughs> she, she know <laughs> um they have like banter with the driver who's like why are you going to london it's like i have to yeah that's basically all that yeah. it is i didn't even have a good um, code name for this chapter because I, there's nothing I, again we just have like this uh i have a highlight here which is like uh real uh saying the quiet part loud energy where they're like using the, they're like evoking imagery of like refugees but it's you know the true tragedy is that empire has fallen yep <laughs> it's like wouldn't this be bad if this happened to people from england from, yeah. rather than from other places oh god the true the true tragedy it's here just, how the oh. mighty you know patriarch of the of european geopolitics has fallen it's it's so <laughs> weird it's so good it's just uh but basically um simon gets to the to the shore he meets captain patel yeah uh, it's like this staging area for who's like a boat dude that's his way. He's a boat dude. Yeah. Goes like, back and forth across the channel to, like, bring survivors to the refugee camp. Yeah, because there's, like, there are people that are running supplies and also bringing people back. Yeah. More of them are dying than before. So, yeah. like, the demons are ramping up their defenses. Like, yeah. I think there's... Um, but it's also, like, a refugee camp, as you mentioned. Um, and there's, like, just people going there to try and find their family. Yeah. And there's, like, prefabricated buildings all around the place. Yeah, it's, yeah again um it's yeah it uh he basically secures passage by being like i can fight stuff and yes the boat and boat captain's like yeah that sounds legit all right <laughs> if you don't mind a fight stuff i'll totally give you passage over there I, you're probably gonna die and he's like i have to yeah i really like because he's like he, he kind of i don't know if it's yeah it is this chapter he he says like you'll you'll give you a we'll give you a gun but it's not gonna kill any of these things like it's yeah. just gonna keep him busy yeah. And it's just, and Simon's like, oh yeah, I, I like in his, in his head, he's yeah. like, yeah, I know that. They don't have any of the good stuff to be able to kill these demons. They don't have any power but, on them. Yeah, like, it's <laughs> but sure, he'll take the gun anyway. Fuck yeah, it. Like, yeah. it's just, um, and that basically brings us to chapter 10, the final chapter of this episode, right? Yes. Yeah. Which, uh, what's the name for this one? This is Welcome to Spooky Hogwarts. <laughs> Um, I I am rediscovering this. Oh, of course, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I recall this now. Yeah. Um, I'm so I I've started on the next hundred chapter, so I'm like, where I was not hundred percent remembering where the end of chapter ten leaves us, but now I do. Yeah, you know where um, chapter ten. So ends. this this is um we get a bit more about this is a back Warren chapter Warren chapter yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, we get a bit more about his backstory. Um, we learned that uh I believe we learned that his father killed his mother first. <sighs> um we we get more about that. flashes like of it. flashes of it it's very much non-specific about yeah. what's actually happened there because i feel like it's kind of parts of this are kind mm. of suggesting that warren had something to do with it with his mind yeah. powers yeah. Yeah. like that he may have yeah. accidentally got one of them to shoot yeah. but 
Um, it's still very vague at this I like, point. I do love that we had like the last chapter where everyone's like, I refuse the call of adventure. And then this chapter is five minutes later, he's like, I'm going to follow up on the call to adventure. Yeah, like the, They just, gave me this address and everything. It's not like it's there's... Yeah. There's, no, there's nothing happens between now and then, essentially. Like, I would have expected a chapter of him, like, just... Like, because it mentions back in his previous chapter that he still needs to go out and get water. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so, like, you would think maybe that, like, there'd be another chapter of him going out on a water well, run. The Snyder Cut has that chapter. And yeah. It really enriches. When they, they really need to release that. <laughs> uh, and, like, you would think what would happen is he would go get water and then, like try to use his power again and then like i don't know like have a fucking brain hemorrhage or something yeah something goes wrong kelly yeah. dies because she's a woman and... yes and then he goes <laughs> yeah exactly and then he goes oh i should really go follow up and fucking eat it plot thread yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. reply um, to this linkedin message but basically uh he he goes to the address and it's like this abandoned building Yep. Um, which I guess you know. I think at this point, basically every building's abandoned, so it's not. It's not really a specific. It's very strange that it says um, that. Yeah. He goes inside. There's like a person who's like, "Who invited you here?" And he's like, you "Yeah, fuck he, he's dropping the name." Yeah, because he tries to like go up the steps to this building. Like it's got yeah. like some sort of like nice like stepped like mm. front, and he 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 feels like like the guy surprises him, um, yeah. and it sounds like. It to him, the building has spoken to him, <laughs> and he's like, "What?" Oh, and then oh, the guy steps out of the shadow, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think that's that's really funny. Like for like a like, he's out on the street in the middle of a demonic invasion, and he's like, whoa, "Oh, that whoa, I, to me, man." <laughs> Shit, consents demons, but God forbid. Yeah, like this dude standing just out of the way. Um, so he basically talks his way in there and the guy's like, not without an invitation. And he's like, I've got an invitation. This is a confrontation. Yeah. Um, and he uses his mind powers here as well. Yep. Uh, and then he like goes in and then, um, it, it, it's dark. He can't see. It anything. can't see cause it's dark. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the, that's the conflict in this chapter. And what, so like being the fucking idiot that Warren is, he immediately pulls out like his torch from his yeah. pocket or whatever. And I think, does the book call it a flashlight? Mm. Uh, I just want to say, I think it just says torch. Okay. So I'm going to say if it does, just took a torch from his pocket. Okay, good. On. Culturally appropriate. Good on you, Mel. Um, um, and yeah, he immediately pisses off everybody there because they're all deliberately in the dark because you don't want lights on during a demonic invasion. They're also pretty goth. They're also very goth. Yeah. 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 Like, what um, are you doing turning on the lights in our goth rave? Not cool. Not cool, man. Uh, and so he's like, it's dark. And then he's, it's all, everyone's just very confused in this whole sequence. Yes. He's just a dude who showed up, started waving a flashlight around it while they're having their like pitch black rave. Yeah. And then, uh, he's like, I'm meant to be here. I was invited by Edith. And then Edith, Edith basically shows up and is like, you can see in the yeah. dark if you want to. Cause they were all like, Oh, he can't open see up your mind's eye yeah. and you can see it. And then that's the that's the moment is him like unlocking the power to do that and taking his his accepting the call of adventure yep. and taking his steps towards becoming our Kabbalist protagonist. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's he's getting his mental sword. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he decides I want to see, and then there was a person well to like encourage him to learn how to see. Some person was hitting him. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, basically he like like he's about to be hit, and then he like lifts his arm and catches the blow to stop it, and he's like, I see you. 
because he can now yeah. see and he's, he's unlocked the power and, and everyone's so he, like he says stop that or stop I think does he say stop he just says stop yeah uh, and then there's a great I don't know I've never had this word before it's a paroxysm yes that's a real word that's okay that's not one of the mistakes uh, so a paroxysm violently twisted the man's face so he just tells the man to stop and he just, he just dies yeah like the dude Drops stops this man's dead. heart with his voice yeah so that, that my point one for this chapter is Warren fucking kills a guy like just with a word yeah and they're, they're my favorite part about this is that they're all deeply impressed <laughs> they're like sick like man they killed dave fuck that guy like <laughs> they just none of them seem particularly concerned that this it's, man it's been joel murdered. thank you yeah, okay sorry yeah <laughs> yeah Je- no it's it, it is incredible this like the crowd steps back and one of them you know checks and he's like he killed him yeah <laughs> and it's just, yeah all right all right cool. yeah you passed our initiation and murdered somebody <laughs> Looking lucky for you a slot just opened up in our weird like cult yeah like whoa it's low on the ladder but you know you make your way up as opposed to the you know grim determination of thomas when he commits violence yeah it's just it's like nah stop just quit it um yeah yeah so that's that's basically the end of the chapter do you have any final thoughts on this chapter um i think it it's a, it's a weird one because it swings so hard. Like, it's a pretty short chapter, I think, as far as the other ones go. And it swings so hard from Warren just being a bumbling fucking like asshole. Like, hijinks. Just, and then, ah, I and murdered someone. He with, murdered with someone word. and is now a really powerful wizard at the drop of a hat. Yeah, because like, he accepted the call to adventure. That, and that's what you what, get for what doing What don't that. you get? <laughs> yeah. I, so, I... I mean, it could... Look, it could have been worse. A woman could have been murdered. Yes, that's true. I am actually surprised that, that the person who dies here was not a woman. <laughs> Which, I can't believe we're saying it, seems important. Yeah. 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 Definitely. I mean, look, Mel's turning a page here. Gender politics yeah. continue to evolve. I mean, like, that, one of the things that is nice about, like, the, the, the Kabbalists here is that their leader does seem to be a woman. True, um, true. So you know that she's going to be around a bit more, true. but I also have a feeling that she's not going to be around for too much longer. Or be she, particularly capable. Yeah, she seems like the sort of character that will be very quickly outclassed by Warren's natural ability yes, and he course. will murder yes. her. Yes, yes. Okay, good, as long as we're in agreement on that. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so that's the first hundred pages yep. uh, of Hellgate London Exodus. <laughs> um, I I think this is. This, this podcast thing has gone on way longer than i thought it would i did not realize there was that much to talk about there's a lot to talk about <laughs> um but i suppose before before we we call call time on it uh it's important to talk about i guess what 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 will happen next and what uh we think will happen next um in terms of the story so our plan going forward uh is what 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 we think will happen next in terms of the story and also what's actually gonna happen next in terms of this podcast yeah. Um, so like we said, the first episode was us going through 100 pages. At this stage, the plan is to go through 100 pages each, each episode until we reach the end. Um, so expect three more episodes on Exodus, and then we move on to the other books. I'm not 100% clear on how long they are, but I assume they're about the same. They're slightly longer, I think. Great. I, th- I got that to look I forward to. Ge- I think Gertha is longer, and then the third book's about the same length. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so that's the plan is to go through each of them. Uh, if you're reading along, you want to read the next 10 chapters. Or not yes. 10 chapters. I mean, it could be about 10 chapters. Right? I, th- I think 10 chapters is a good number because it's a good dramatic end point, I yeah. think, for where we're at. Yeah. Um, and then we'll be back next time with more read-through and thoughts on uh, yeah. this 
I guess before we leave, I, I want to know from your perspective, what do you think will happen in the next 10 chapters? Because you, you know. Right? I, yeah, you I broadly know, know what's going to happen. Where in the we're next going. Time. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, okay, so I'm going to tackle each, each, each thread individually. Yes. Um, uh, Hyde is going to meet up with Thomas. Okay. Um, mean like, Simon? Simon, sorry. Yeah. Uh, how could I get them confused? Yeah, They're really. both noble men so burdened by glorious purpose. So uh, different. Uh, so I, that's the thing. Simon's gonna like go to London, be like make his way, be slightly uh, in vague peril, only to be saved by his new patriarchal figure Hyde, who will be his like new father figure. Yep. Um. Uh, I'm not hundred percent sure on that because, like, like we said, it's not super clear what the stakes are here in terms of what the demons want. Like, yeah. I mean, I guess obviously if we were to think about like a natural direction for the story to go it would be we should close the hellgate but also that's the video game that's the video game so i guess it can't be that no um uh thomas is dead we've seen his body so there's no like reveal that thomas is secretly alive or no. reunion coming presumably yeah um Leah, we will reveal, is part of the third faction that we ha- do not have the names of, but really need to work out. Yeah. Um, at some point. Uh, so Leah will happen. Warren will, like I think, you, like you said, continue to ascend to being like a Kabbalist prodigy. Um, yeah, I could see... I could see Leah and Warren running into each other. Yeah. I could see that. Okay. Because Leah has to run into someone, and I feel like, I feel like we're going to like learn a bit about Leah... Uh, and then her path will diverge a bit from Simon, and then they'll loop back. Come together back together, later. yeah. Okay, yeah. that's my vibe. Um, how are the three books? How much can happen? Uh, there is a surprising amount. So I, I guess so. From we my... need an antagonist. I think that's 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 yes. probably the other That's we that's have the... no antagonist. We are meeting our like team, um, but we have met no clear like antagonist for them to face off against. Right? Yeah. There's straight up just um, nothing. In terms yeah, of and it's not even like, oh, there was a big, spooky, significant demon who killed Thomas, which I guess would be the obvious way to do, but that hasn't happened yet. No, like that um, was just a Shulgoth. Like a Shulgoth. A just random one, yeah. really. Um, no so I think that's that's where I'm at. So I think, I think Leah and... Uh, Leah and... Gosh, how have I forgotten his name? Warren. Warren. Uh, we'll, we'll meet up. Yep. I think uh, Hyde and... Simon will meet up. Mm-hmm. I think government spook might come back. Yeah. And I think we will meet our antagonist. Those okay. are my predictions. All right. Uh, so for me, speaking as somebody that's read this before, I'm not going to go yeah. for any predictions, but I, what I want to do is, if you're looking to the future, I'm looking to the past. <laughs> and so I want to go over what it was like to me for me to revisit this, okay. these 10 chapters, sure. having read these books before. Sure. And it's way worse than i remembered <laughs> like i i remembered the first book being kind of bad like i i quite enjoyed the second book knowing it was bad but okay. the first one i would like didn't really like at all yeah. when i read it um uh, yeah it's these first 10 chapters are just kind of a fucking waste of time in a lot of ways like the it really does not feel respectful to the reader's time. Okay, like, yeah. you can move through a yeah. lot of this way faster to get more into the thing that you care about, which yeah. is these characters being in London. Yeah. Um, and But the other thing is, the, the thing that I have liked about reading this again is knowing how it all ends and knowing what characters do what and what mm. happens to them, it's more fun to actually know who these people are. Because, mm. like... 
you're just getting names and like very like you are getting yeah. names and like kind of snippets of their personality which are yeah. relatively one-dimensional yeah um and i'm going oh right yeah that dude oh yeah and so that's mm. fun but th- it's this book these at least these 10 chapters is just not enjoyable to read a yeah. second time the novelty has gone it absolutely i don't even have a pact anymore because i read like i read all the books like i don't even have something going for me to make me read it anymore mm-hmm. um but yeah i think that's kind of where i'm at with it right now like i i'm interested to see if the next 10, ten chapters makes me care about it more because like this is fun i'm glad we're doing this but like i don't care about any of these characters or this story right now and i kind of remember when i read through it last time I remember Simon being my least favorite main character as well. Mm. And this this ten chapters focused almost entirely on Simon. Mm. And yeah. I, so I'm I'm hopeful that we'll get more into the other characters soon. Because mm. yeah. I am I'm curious, I guess, what's waiting around the corner, because like like in terms of the, the broader pace of it, we are a quarter of the way through the first book. Yeah. So I would hope in the next ten chapters we have the complication, right? Like, or yes. what the what the thing is uh, come up, and I guess I'm interested to know what that struct, what that bring, what structure that brings to it. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, like, is is it a one? Is it a complication that's solved at the end of this book, or is it a complication that drives the action through the whole trilogy? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm really, really curious. Um. I am not shocked that it is slightly worse on a reread, though. That's. <laughs> If we're not doing this podcast, these books would not be at the top of my to-read list. No, not at all. Like, yeah. I have so many good books to be so, reading. So right many. Now. So many. Uh, but that might that might be it then. Yeah, I think yeah. I, that that covers Thank our thoughts. Thank you so much for listening. This has been the first episode of A Murmur or Two, a Hell Get London podcast. And I've been Nicole. Uh, and I've been Chris. Thank you very much. Thank you.